Name your cliche. Hello, welcome back to Club Cliche. Uh, today we're talking about Chain for Life, released in 2018, directed by Aaron uh, Schlimberg. Um, and I've got. Uh, <laughs> you laughing at the director's name? Is that how you say it? Yeah, I don't know. Schimberg? Yeah, I, I don't know how to say that. So the the synopsis for this movie is um, a beautiful actress um, struggles to connect with her um, disfigured co-stars on a set of a movie. Um, and I guess that's sort of the plot, but I would say not really. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> like not that at all, actually. Yeah, um, but it is kind of hard to say exactly what the plot of this movie is because it's... Um, well, it's yeah. you know, there's it's a lot about um, like beauty in film, um, disfigurement mm-hmm. uh, as kind of like the antithesis of not being beautiful, and what that's like portrayed in film and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the actual plot, I would say, um, yeah, they're making a sort of low budget um, horror movie. Yeah, there's like there's like multiple plots going on. So that's like there's a the main plot, which is um you know, like they're film they're filming some uh, they're filming some horror film and uh the horror film has um I don't really know what the proper terminology is for it, but people who are born with disfigurement or stuff like that, like what what do you Yeah, I I the, I, uh, I read a, a um interview with the director and they never once say disabled once in this film or disfigured or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, that was a conscious choice. For sure. But yeah, in olden times, you would call them freaks. freaks. You yes. would call them freaks. <laughs> call they're, them freaks. They're, um, they're very classically cliched freaks. There's the yeah. bearded lady. There's, yes. you know, sh- the dwarfs, conjoined twins. Conjoined twins. The super tall guy. And the elephant man, who is our, uh, our main character. Yeah. Uh, he has some. I mean, he ha- uh, our main guy. He has some weird disease. I have it. I have it written down somewhere. But yeah. uh, his name's Adam Pearson. Neurofibromatosis. Mm-hmm. Adam Pearson. Adam Pearson. Yes. Um, so yeah, they're they're filming this B horror movie, and um, they're using the director wants for on t- authenticity. He wants to use real people instead of uh, makeup or CGI or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. L- like you said, it it, it is a. Uh, it's a lot more complicated than that. It's also a lot more confusing than that because there's the straightforward plot, but then there's so many dream sequences and there's so many scenes that are we don't know if they're real or if they're part of a film or part of another film. Yeah, it's a bit meta in that sense. There's yeah. even a side plot. There's like uh, an actual like during the filming of the fake movie, let's call it a fake movie, um, <laughs> there's like a murder going on yeah. <laughs> by a guy with a bunch of markings on his face. Yeah, which is sort of a cliche in itself where, you know, if you see a guy in a movie who's scarred up or ugly, yeah. he's probably bad. He's probably evil. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because, like, at the beginning of the movie, the policeman comes like, I'm looking for someone who has, like, a bunch of markings on their <laughs> face. Have And it's like, there's a room full of... <laughs> yeah. We're making a freak movie here. Um <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so what did you think of this movie? Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, when the movie ended, I I felt like this movie talked about stuff that other movies never talk about. Um, and it's also like subject matter that uh, I kind of care about. Um, Which would be? Well, not not like like disfigurement or, or anything, but just like the idea of like how beauty is portrayed in, in film a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, growing up, like I was fat and stuff. So that had a lot of, like that kind of like affected me in a, in, in a way. Like it changes how you perceive things um, and it stays with you a lot of the times. And, you know, like fat people in film are never like they're always portrayed a certain way. Yeah. Like, usually the butt of the joke. Of all the time, literally, hundred yeah. percent of the time, and they're never the hero. Mm-hmm. They never like get the girl. <laughs> um, and man, there's actually so much. It's it's actually fucked up how <laughs> Hollywood portrays fat people. Like you either have, I I, I wish I know her name, but um, what's the what's the name of the girl who's in like uh, Bridesmaids? Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, you're either like a Melissa McCarthy character, where you're like a sexual pervert <laughs> yeah like it's so crazy that someone would want to have sex with you yeah you're, you're like <laughs> it's demon. like wow she's so overtly sexual why would she be overtly sexual yeah it's that's kind of like the thing or you know or you have like fat amy in pitch perfect like yeah. that's her identity is mm-hmm. that she's literally called <laughs> fat amy yeah i love there's that there's a hilarious between two ferns with zach galifianakis and tina fey and she's saying, you know, if a woman looked like you in a film, the gag would be the main character opens the door for a date and then she th- and then he throws <laughs> up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's usually what people have to deal with. And uh, the director himself, he, he said something very similar to what you said. He grew up, um, he has a cleft lip and it, it was pretty bad uh, when he was born and then his parents had surgery for it. And But it's still like, yeah, something that he says affects his everyday life and he's always thinking about it when he first meets people and he he knows how yeah and that plays a huge role in the film too Mm -hmm. i don't know if you want to talk about that now or or later um yeah well yeah i i I would say for this film i yeah i liked it a lot too but for me it was one of those films where during the movie i'm very confused and almost put off at some points where i'm just like what's going on what's happening but uh, by the end of the film, I'm just so. Not only does it bring up a lot of things that are interesting, but the direction and the pacing and the editing and just the shots and how everything is constructed really is not like a lot of other films. Mm-hmm. And it makes you think more, I would say. And yeah. It's not like the, the message is quite obvious, even though it is obvious in some ways. I but think the message was a, was quite obvious. It was like. It was almost like, okay, what else are you saying other than beauty? Right. I guess not obvious is the wrong word, but it's not It's not simplistic. It's not no. just, yeah, this is good, this is bad, and this is how we solve it. It's, it, it was kind of like, I kind of saw it as like there were a lot of examples um, that were all focused around the same subject of beauty, but it was like, think about it this way, and then think about it this other way. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, um, actually, to give a bit of background, the way I saw this film, so this film is not like well known. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, indie film. Like the, the it grossed something like thirty thousand dollars. And it's only his uh, third second feature. Yeah, yeah. So this premiered at Fantasia, and my friend Derek saw it, 
and Fantasia being the Montreal Film Festival. Yeah. Film Festival. And they, they always do stuff like Fantasia is basically like horror, sci-fi, and like Asian. Like as the <laughs> as the name Fantasia would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, my friend was like, Oh, it was great. I asked him, I was like, How was it? He's like, It was great. You have to see it. Mm-hmm. So uh it was always on my mind. Um I, I I was looking for this film for quite a while like a good like six months and I just couldn't find it. I waited longer, couldn't find it. So I emailed the director. I found his email. I was like, hey, I can't find your movie. Um, I heard it was great. He's like, well, um, it's going to be officially released in in like eight months from now. And uh, yeah, just stay tuned. Yeah. So uh, I wait eight months and I, <laughs> and I actually get an email back from this guy. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Aaron, way to go, man. He's like, hey, the movie's done. I'm never going to talk about this movie again because he's been working like the last five years on this movie. Yeah. And I was part of that email. He like sent it to, he's like thanking, it's like, it's it seemed like an email to his close friends. That's awesome. But I'm also in there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, by the way, <laughs> I remember that you asked for this movie. So yeah, I bought it on some like, it was available on like Amazon, Hulu. Right. And this other random one. I was like, I'm going to go for the random one. Yeah. <laughs> support the not. Yeah, yeah. Support the like random you, film Bezos. website yeah uh, yeah exactly um, yeah I, I did the same thing with an earlier episode i forgot to mention on the episode but clock watchers i read a review by roger ebert where he said this is the kind of movie that someone will email the or get in contact with the with jill and uh, the director and say how much it affected them and i tried to do that and i even called like hbo trying to find their number i finally got some email i don't know if it worked i never got back though um and yeah uh how you mentioned beauty um it's reminded me of another film a lot called called Great Beauty in, in sort of the way it Oh like the Italian film? Yeah, yeah. In the way that there's it's a lot of um it's like a movie where the the sum is greater than its parts in a lot of ways cuz there's no like there's not a lot of giant scenes or through plot line that I'm super into but just the the mishmash of scenes and mm-hmm. different emotions that it brings up uh really makes it work for me. All right, so Let's get into it. Actually, there's one more thing that I want. What, what do you think about the title? What does that mean to you? Uh, so I think Chained for Life was some reference to uh, like, well, there's two. Uh, to me, it has like multiple meanings, obviously. I think one of them was like an homage to like a conjoint twins. movie. Yeah. So there's a, a 1952 Siamese twin movie where one of the twins is guilty of murdering her ex-fiance. <laughs> yeah, there's always like one evil one, one good one. <laughs> yeah, they even mentioned that. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> the one on the left is evil. Uh, yeah. But the but the other the other interpretation I have for Chain for Life is is actually kind of what I was talking about, like like growing up fat, and you always have like this like uh, you're always thinking about it. Like every time I eat food, I'm I'm constantly like like I don't know if you do this, but whenever I eat food, I'm like, oh, that was healthy or that was not healthy so the next thing i do you know it, it stays with you and same for like it's but to a much, much larger extent having like yeah if you're if you have some sort of disfigurement that's yeah chained you forever yeah unless you do like the director did and get cosmetic surgery just to fit better mm-hmm. into society yeah um okay so let's get into it it, it uh it opens up with a quote from uh, famous uh, movie critic pauline um kale kale k-a-e-l yeah, kale. Kale, yeah and she says one of the best parts about movies is just seeing beautiful people do these things yeah um <laughs> which you know i can't 
can't say it's wrong <laughs> but I, I think everyone likes to some, like no some people might not want to admit it but yeah people yeah. like looking at beautiful people yeah for, do, do you know sure. a bit about pauline kale she's kind of like a roger ebert uh, yeah yeah but, yeah, I did but a woman uh, <laughs> whoa she uh, I, I actually know of her due to like something nothing to do with film i first heard about her um she's she's like attributed to this like uh like I can't believe Nixon won. I didn't. I, I can't believe Nixon won the election because I don't know anyone who voted for him. Oh right, that's, yeah. So that's, that's how I feel all the time about so many things. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> who are Nickelback fans? <laughs> Where are these people? Yeah, but, they but there's exist. millions out there. So so it's kind of like a uh, that whole phrase. It's it's actually a misquote uh, at the at the end of the, at the end of the day. But that whole phrase is like a uh, conservative talking point. How the like. Uh, the silent liber- majority the elite are so in a bubble like, in a bubble and yeah. they have no idea about like what the yeah. people are are all about and stuff like that the silent majority that was <laughs> yeah. that was nixon yeah um so yeah it opens up with uh, a blonde woman beautiful blonde woman walking through the hospital and she's blind so she's sort of feeling herself uh, way around um and she stumbles into um a doctor taking surgically taking a face off mm-hmm. so it's a yeah big reference to uh, um eyes without a face uh, eyes without a face or under the skin um which one of our main actors um uh, we already mentioned him who plays rothensall adam pearson was in um but yeah eyes without a face great movie but again it's one of those movies where the worst thing ever is being disfigured yeah uh, yeah yeah i think i saw that with you actually yeah at like mark's house yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 Great movie. Great. Uh, 1960 horror movie. Um, so then we, if uh, they say cut and we find out it's a movie. Um, at first I didn't like this because uh, like movies about making movies always seems a bit masturbatory to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was actually thinking that you might like it because you do work on movie sets. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking maybe like, oh, maybe Leo's like, oh, yeah, that totally happens all the time. <laughs> um, well, I was reading an interview with the, the director, and he said he purposely made things slightly off, which is sort of a theme for the rest of this whole movie. Like, people are doing things that they shouldn't be doing or dressed in certain ways that they would never be dressed uh, yeah, on the film. I, yeah, I mean, all of the characters, except maybe the main character, who's just kind of, you know, she's a bit, let's say, normal. Yeah. She's a bit bland. But what is normal though? <laughs> no, okay. Uh, <laughs> every every other character is kind of like really over the top. Like yeah, uh, like the director. Yeah, the director is called Herr Director, and he, he like he speaks. Yeah, very cliche director. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's no the art. He's kind of like a Werner Herzog. Yeah, it's a terrible accent. It sounds super fake. It sounds super fake. But that is also. Like at first I was like, oh, this seems lame and annoying. But as we go on, it's like everything is questioned and every, everything could be fake. Even people in, in the movie itself are like, I think his accent's fake. Yeah. <laughs> there is a point in the movie, which I'm sure we'll get to, where there's – I, me as a watcher, I was like, oh, was everything a movie? Yeah. Like it wasn't clear. Mm-hmm. Like you think we open up and like we're part of a film set. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And um, one thing that I liked is a lot of the time, if like if you're hearing what we're saying now, where like is everything a dream? Usually you think it would be much more kind of silly and trippy, but it's not quite like that. I don't know how how would you describe the the feel of this movie? It's 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 almost like an essay. It's almost 
It's y- got this slow pace, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, dreamlike, and there's even like circular, like you go forward and then you find out you're back at like yeah, go at the beginning. Yeah, there's like a switch. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then they th- and then they kind of like flip it on its head where it's like people start changing roles mm-hmm. like the people who are disfigured start <laughs> stop being disfigured and yeah. the people who are not yeah, yeah it's really it's really weird that way um but yeah uh so so then they cut and then we have it turns out this movie and then we get what julian was talking about the sort of chaos of a film set and it's it's very um sort of like altman-esque with a lot of talking and a lot of random conversations that you only pick up halfway through yeah um and I find like those little snippets actually are what gives the movie uh, a lot of charm because it, it's a it's a very funny movie. Yeah, right? that's something we haven't mentioned. It, it is super funny, and yeah, there's a lot of yeah little jokes. He, the the director mentioned he said there's two jokes that he thinks are some of the funniest jokes in the movie, but no one has ever laughed at them. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if we picked it up. Yeah, I don't know, maybe we're the first two. It's very like uh, you know in Scott Pilgrim where like the director who's playing a character in the movie is like. Yeah, you know, uh, the movie's better than the book or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love those parts. Um, uh, yeah, so then we cut to the, the three female leads, the uh, our main actress, the like doctor's assistant. And the doctor's assistant, I don't know if you recognize her, she's the, the wife from A Serious Man. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're talking about... Uh, she's in... Uh, our main character is in... Um, in the makeup chair getting her her makeup done and she's complaining about her mustache hairs or something like that mm-hmm. and they all start talking about female body hair removal and how maybe mustache is getting back and laser hair removal and all that stuff mm-hmm. um which is like normal super normal things yeah, yeah just normal conversation they're talking about how like fashion comes in waves and yeah um uh, but it's just a this is the first sort of instance where it's like when I first watched that scene, I didn't think much of it. But then later, it's like, oh, so it's just that's how casual appearance is and how it dominates everything. You don't even notice it half the time. Mm-hmm. And then um, a reporter shows up on on, on set and uh, gives uh, it has an interview with our main uh, actress. And um, the actress gives a bunch of terrible cliché. <laughs> like probably would get canceled nowadays on Twitter for some of the things she says. Like, so yeah, there's a lot of bold choices. Uh, my character's blind, but I feel like in some ways being blind is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> We're all blind, like stuff like that. You know, blindness is an illness, but it's also a metaphor, right? We're all blind in certain ways. We're like blind to our own best interests or blind to the suffering of others. And I think that blind people, um, they feel shut, they feel excluded from, yeah? Um, and I certainly relate to that. I'm sure you do too. Sure. And then uh, we meet the, the male lead, uh, Max, um, Stephen Plunkett. Um, Who's the biggest douchebag of yeah. all time. <laughs> he's, he's maybe the villain in this movie. Uh, it's, it's actually weird because... Um, during the title credits, they say, like, this person playing this person, this person playing this. And then one of them is this person playing the asshole. Yeah. But that's not even that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's not the a- There's another asshole. Yeah, I couldn't figure out who that was. 
Yeah, so he, we first see him uh, yeah, being a pretentious asshole. He's quoting Macbeth, like, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And yeah. the, guy, the guy beside him doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to accentuate the and, by the way. Tomorrow. And. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh. And. Well, that's how uh, Captain. Is that Picard. how Max does it? No, that's how uh, Jean-Luc Picard does it. <laughs> okay. Because uh, he. <laughs> There's an episode where Jean-Luc Picard does it? Well, no. N- n- Patrick Stewart. Actually, oh, Patrick, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> okay. All right. And yeah, then we learn um, this is another cliche that I don't know if I like this, but there's just you hear about a murder, a murderer on the TV, like as the actors ignore it. And yeah, he's got scars on his face. Well, they they acknowledge it like the camera zooms in on the TV. Yeah, but I mean, the the characters don't. Yeah, the characters don't. They never. But then again, uh, but again, it's not it doesn't go how I thought it would go. I thought this would be, end up being a big part of the plot, but it's just another one of those things that it's texture. I would say, um, a little side note, uh, Adam who plays Rosenthal in this movie says he really wants to be a bond villain. Oh, awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. So I think we should probably describe a little bit like Adam Rosenthal because his appearance is like quite jarring. Yeah. Um, so, Oh yeah, I just wanted to say real quick before that. Um, yeah, we meet the the director. He's got this fake Werner Herzog accent, and he's actually a famous child actor. He was in Hook as a little boy. Which boy? Um, he plays Jackie Banning. Um, oh yeah, uh, and th- he hasn't acted in like thirty years or something. And oh, he's like somehow a, a connected to Aaron, like mutual friends or something. And he convinced them to come out for this. So he was in Dick Tracy as well. Yeah, he he was like big stuff, but then he gave it up, and now he's a lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, in between uh, like production, he'd be driving out to Cleveland for like a lawyer convention <laughs> or something. Uh, and they're like, "Why do you why do you look all fucked up?" <laughs> So Hook, I I was actually thinking about maybe bringing that up because I was I was trying to think about movies where um, fat people like basically come out on top, and mm-hmm. Hook actually is one of them because when Robin Williams passes on the torch, the next leader because you know what's his name dies. Yeah. Um, yeah, the chunky kid becomes the chunky kid becomes. Yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that amazing? Yeah, and they also mention Hook really quickly. They they talk about you know disfigurements, Hooks, uh, Captain Hook. They're always a villain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. And but right before the uh, uh, we can talk about Adam Pearson, I just want a, a little quick scene where um, our main character. I forget her. her oh yeah, Mabel. Um, she's the lead actress. She's in the in the uh, bathroom. Um, and she accidentally walks in on um, some guy giving him himself like a, a shot, like a diabetic shot, maybe. I, wasn't I, I, sure I think it was supposed to be like, is this heroin? But then you f- then you kind of notice it's diabetes or something like yeah. that. And I like that little scene because it, it also points out just we all have our own little things um, that we need to you, survive in this world. Yeah. And But it's like treated as an embarrassment. Like the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah um yeah and then the um oh, i don't know i'm just gonna call them freaks i don't know <laughs> what the best. i think we should establish a yeah, term what, what right was now. the term i mean yeah there were there were there were freak shows those were established yeah. things and in this film like the film within the film they're they're so that's who they are they yeah yeah it's it's like a classic like the the 1932 freaks movie 
Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's paying reference to that, and I don't even know what else to call him. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a proper word out there, but yeah, <laughs> for now we'll just call him freaks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and we meet. <laughs> we um, won't say like fucking freaks, but <laughs> yeah. Um, we meet Rosenthal, played by Adam Pearson, and um, also one thing, uh, just a small note on Letterbox, he he's like the second lead in this movie, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, or at least the third. I, who, yeah second sure yeah to mabel yeah Mabel. um but on letterbox and imdb he's like ninth build like i had to like scroll for him so i wonder if that's just a mistake or if it's some weird yeah, version I, of I can't speak to that <laughs> yeah um and uh he quickly he, he has a scene coming up and um he, he has a scene with mabel and they uh he starts talking about how he's worried about not knowing his lines and we know a lot about him, and um, he says dogs hate him and kids hate him, and yeah, yeah. I mean for sure, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But he says it all with this like self-deprecating humor. It's not like a big pity party. What, um, what's weird is that like, um, so like, yeah, I don't know why a dog would hate him. Like, yeah. do dogs even really understand that kind yeah. of stuff? Uh, also. It's not quite like we never see him with a dog like, and being scared, and yeah. like we're not quite sure if he's half joking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does make a ton of jokes. Yeah, like yeah, he's very funny. Um, okay, wait, I think we should describe what he looks like. Okay, well, he looks like the Elephant Man. Yeah, he looks yeah. a bit like the Elephant Man. He has a huge head. He has a huge head, and it's like sort of melting off the left side, and like it's sort of puffed up around the eyes where you can barely yeah. see his eyes. Yeah, but he has um, hair, and uh, I mean, the rest yeah. of his body is completely normal. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, and uh, he has a pretty fat cock. We see later. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of surprised that they showed that. But, yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, do you know he has a he has a twin brother, Adam really? Pearson? No way. Looks completely normal. Oh my god. But has the same disease. Interesting. But it affects him differently. He just has like short term memory loss. What the hell? Yeah. It's like What is this disease? I mean, I read it before in neuro yeah. something fibrosis or short term memory loss. Yeah. Um I, I didn't I didn't really look much into it, but apparently they have like some reality T V show about like where they talk about what that's like and stuff like that. Wow. Um but Yeah, it, he he Adam Pearson has a lot of um yeah, shows on the BBC about surrounding sort of mm-hmm. disability and disfigurement and so wait before we continue uh just one more thing about like dogs being scared of them mm-hmm. um have you seen this uh what is it called under the skin under the skin under the skin i have not seen that uh dude it's it's uh it's freaky <laughs> yeah um scarlett johansson scarlett yeah. johansson yeah um who uh appears nude in that film actually i i knew about that even before i saw the film <laughs> that's why you saw the film <laughs> <laughs> so he's in that film and he yeah. So that film is basically about like Scarlett Johansson uh, traps unsuspecting men in like uh, a pool of like gelatinous goo, yeah. and like then, the like, liquid from Wanted or something. Exactly, something yeah. like, but like in in like a void, yeah. and then like rips their skeleton out. It's it's actually very scary. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Adam Pearson is one of these guys, and. Because also Scarlett Johansson, an alien. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't like understand that he's different or something. Right. So she's like just treating him like a a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably the reason why he w- he was cast in in that part. Yeah. 
but he he actually doesn't get his uh, skeleton ripped out. He oh legit. I think he just like gets bad vibes <laughs> <laughs> and books it. Why is this hot woman paying me this much attention? I mean, like I think everyone should have that. Like, yeah. If a hot woman wants to sleep with you right off the bat, like, <laughs> come on, that's a red flag. Yeah, hot women never want to. Um, yeah, and this is uh, so he's worried about his lines. Um, and Mabel says he's gonna give him some acting lessons. And this is sort of a a, a scene I've been seeing a lot lately. It was in Clockwatchers, for example, is where an actor shows you oh, yeah. em- emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's showing him like scared, happy, and it really it uh, illuminates the importance of your face. Like, cause she's doing it almost ninety percent with her face. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Rosenthal can't quite do that. No, he no, he can't. Yeah, and um, so he he's asking her like happy, sad, whatever, and then he asks, "What about empathy?" And she says, "Wow, that's a tough one." And um, he she tries to do it, and he says, "Well, I see pity. I, I don't know if I see empathy." Yeah, and that that I I would say is probably the central message of the film. Yeah, yeah um like what what is that how do you yeah how do you express that and yeah i yeah i i think it's definitely part of the central message but it's also coupled with like um how can we uh interact with uh these people and just have everything be normal like I mean, yeah, just normally. Yeah. Just, just normally. Um, and so then we have um, the next one of the next scenes is uh, Rosenthal. Uh, this is his reveal in the the B movie. Um, he's sort of stepping out of the shadows, sort of the the classic like reveal of this horrible monster. Um, and what what I like about some of these scenes is, like, you could sort of get the point probably these scenes are like long they're, they're maybe a minute two minutes longer than i feel like where most directors would cut uh but he keeps it going and it makes you think about it more just by the simple and i, I that's why i came around to the the aspect of movie uh, making it a movie one because it brings all these characters together in a way that makes sense um like why would a whole bunch of freaks and be <laughs> in one room together it feels weird to say yeah it feels weird. I don't, yeah i, well, I don't know I'm <laughs> we either go for it or we don't yeah okay i mean yeah, I, said, I said these people earlier these people that, but that's, <laughs> that's even, even like, worse yeah. that, what do you mean by these people um i'm gonna say i'm gonna own freaks for the rest okay of the yeah all right we're, we're, go, we're going episode. with freaks if you have a problem email club cliche uh, we don't have an email yet, but <laughs> um, but yeah, the way he holds these shots for longer, and it makes sense within a movie because a movie, yeah, it's again and again and again, um, as Millhouse learns, um, uh, and it, yeah, it makes you think of of how he has to be pre- he has to be thinking about this all the time, and it makes you inhabit Rosenthal. It makes you empathize with with Rosenthal more than we would if it was just a shorter scene. I mm-hmm. think. So during his like big reveal, like to give a bit more context, it's like he's like stepping into the light. Mm-hmm. He's like in the shadows, and it's like, oh, it's Rosenthal, and he looks the way he does. Yeah. And one one of the lines I thought was so funny is like, 
the director tries to like make a, a reference to the Muppets movie because apparently this exact thing happens in the Muppets movie. Yeah, and, he's and like, it's Orson Welles that steps out. And he's like, <laughs> oh, the Muppets. So you would love the Muppets. They're not quite human, not quite beast. <laughs> and then Rosenthal's like, yeah, yeah, I know the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows the Muppets. <laughs> you German fuck. Um, it's like Orson Welles in the Muppet movie. You've seen this movie, no? No. She knows these Muppets, she would like them. They are not fully beasts, not fully human. Uh, they are half-breeds, uh, like the great god Anubis. Yeah, I know who the Muppets are. Yeah, uh, so yeah, and then um, there, this is sort of the more Altman-esque scene where she, uh, the next scene, um, Mabel's walking around and she hears um a sort of a production meeting debating whether they should have real freaks or they should like cgi them or, or yeah. make up them and um and i like that they gave this twist because then she hears the conjoined twins sort of making fun of her appearance mabel's appearance she's like um she's not even blonde yeah she's not even blonde um yeah. and uh, she'll probably betray us in the end which is uh, the plot of Freaks, the like the nineteen thirty two Freaks, is where um, they all uh, the main character betrays the Freaks at the end, and they kill her, and they make oh. her disfigured. Okay. Yeah. Um, What's funny is that like they don't trust the blonde, but in a later scene, uh, the blonde Mabel uh, is like, I don't even think they're conjoined twins. <laughs> yeah, didn't they phase those out? <laughs> um. And then we get uh, the scene of, the, as we said, the worst guy in the film, Max, the, the male lead. Um, and he does such a good job of the... Film douchebag. But film douchebag, but also this where, like, I would say you see this a lot in Uber drivers or something, where someone is being overly friendly to the Uber driver and... but Oh, it, to the Uber driver. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. like... like but like in oh, an yeah. uncomfortable way where it's like you're you don't res- really respect me you're just like i'm this sort of weird thing that you can play with and be like oh wow you're you're, you're from here you're from 100%, there 100 i i totally get what you're saying because yeah. the scene is he's talking to rosenthal and rosenthal has a camera and he's like oh i see you're a photographer that is awesome like yeah like really just patronizing yeah it's like so you're an artist on and off the field yeah uh, that's really amazing like yeah and it's, i yeah. can tell you're shy right i can tell you're shy but, but... you shouldn't be shy <laughs> yeah. and all these things and rosenthal for like almost the entire movie is like he's the most normal person on yeah. the set he's just like yeah you know it's just kind of a hobby um yeah. and all these things and then and then yeah eventually the douchebag He's like, can I get a picture with you? And yeah. then we're like, okay, so this is the freak show part. Yeah, this is the real motivation for coming over to talk with him. And he gets, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a few photos. And yeah, he says some horrible lines. He's like, I don't even like when people look at me. I know how you feel. <laughs> uh, in another life, I think I was an Arab woman. <laughs> yeah, what? The, I could. Yeah, that line was. Uh, it was almost too much. Yeah. It was like, um, like yeah, he's so worldly and he understands things. Yeah. Um, I, I actually stole something from that scene. Oh yeah. Um, I it, like I have a picture on Instagram. The pose that Rosenthal does, where he kind of like does he does that, but he also does the horns, the double horns. But it's more like he's like riding a motorcycle. The double, the <laughs> yeah. double horns out, really stretched far out. It's a sick pose. It's a really sick pose. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty funny because 
they take a photo and Rosenthal just does it. And then Max is like, wait, wait, wait. That's great. Let yeah, me do let, that let me too. do it again. And yeah, he gets in on it as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're filming this in a hospital. We, we sort of forgot to mention that. Um, but it, it's still operational, we learn, in uh, the next scene. There's like uh, another Yeah, they wave. do like cosmetic surgeries in, yeah. the, in this hospital. Uh, and they're like, can you keep your people out of here? They're, they're, they're scaring the children. Um, and this is a scene that we were talking about earlier where... Uh, where Mabel's saying like I don't even know if they're they're real and um almost everyone gets under the microscope like this is where we're like I heard the director's not even German that half man half woman she's obviously faking it yeah yeah and all this have they phased out conjoined twins yeah which I yeah that's kind of I thought maybe true yeah maybe a little bit true I don't think they're I don't are they real conjoined twins in I don't think they are because in real life no 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 they're not. yeah because they've seen in another scene that yeah. they're separate um and then um then there's like a, a little mini cast party uh but the the freaks aren't invited they yeah say. so the freaks stay at the hospital yeah of course and we get this um very crazy zoom in on uh, as, as mabel and the rest of the normal people are are leaving to go to the party she looks back and it zooms in in this weird way onto um what's going to be her stand-in for when she gets covered in acid. Yeah, and it's freaky. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, freaky. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And she's just, like, staring at her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be incredibly alarming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we have another scene similar to the one that we had um, with uh, Rosenthal stepping out of the shadows earlier where it's the, the classic cliche mirror jumps scare. Where someone's looking in a mirror, and then all of a sudden, a weird person steps out into the the, uh, <laughs> and again he holds it for so long. It's like they do it over and over again, and um, yeah. Um, what else do we have here? We got um. Well, one thing I thought that was weird when they go and do their little party, I didn't really understand the point of this scene. Yeah. Um, because like, uh, we cut to uh, the party at the hotel, mm-hmm. and, and I mean it's only like two minutes long, but. It's essentially just Mabel dancing. Yeah. It's uh, like a very small crew. Yeah. And she's kind of dancing like like kind of Elaine Benesey. Um <laughs> yeah. And then she like kind of ropes in one of the camera guys. And then that's kind of it. Like, I, yeah. I, I didn't I f- really get it. Yeah. I didn't quite get it either. I feel like because later, uh, as we said, the time shift, like we kind of go back in time a bit. And um, so I think and we see what the freaks do while they're at the party. Yeah, so, they're, they're like making their own films. Yeah, so I think maybe it was just that to have a scene of why they're split up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. True, true. Um, yeah, um, so then we get a few more. They come in the next day and the camera's broken. Um, so they watch dailies. And it's funny, later we learn why the camera's broken because the freaks were <laughs> <laughs> playing around with it all night. Um, and they're watching dailies. This is another scene I didn't quite understand where... I was maybe it was because Mabel, but they're watching these dailies, and it the movie that they're making. It's all about how it, it's very similar to the plot of Freaks, where so dailies it, is recaps of what they've already filmed. Right? Yeah, dailies. Yeah, sorry, dailies is some yeah, the, business uh, terminology. <laughs> some lingo term for you there at home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's stuff they've already shot, um, and sh- I guess Mabel is maybe feeling bad for Rosenthal there because he he's like the main freak in this B movie. Yeah, I think that's kind of when Mabel maybe starts like empathizing a lot with uh, Rosenthal because Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, we, we actually skipped over a scene when they're in the garden. Uh, I, there's not too much that happens. It's just like more conversation. But uh, it was definitely a scene where like Mabel starts connecting with uh, Rosenthal. I think I'm getting the yeah, and they and they, right. they dance and they take a photo. Um, yeah, they dance and they take yeah. a photo, and also there's a like Rosenthal's dancing with another woman. Oh yeah, a beautiful Asian woman. Yeah, and um, there there's a confusion if if uh, so Mabel's like, is that who is that? Yeah, of course it can't be, you know, his partner because yeah. she's beautiful and he's not. Yeah, and actually the response is, I think that's his wife. Yeah. And she's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so alarming. Yeah. So so she she confronts Rosenthal, and she's like, "Who who's that person you were dancing with?" Yeah. And he kind of makes a joke. Um. But yeah, it's it's not his wife. Uh. Overall. Yeah. But uh. Anyway, just want yeah. to. Yeah, that, that's true. We forgot to mention that because that that comes up later in a weird way. Um. And so yeah, then we see a lot of um, sort of scenes from the B movie, like a lot of quick cliches here. The, the doctor being like, we will end irregularity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the the tall guy, sort of like the chief in um, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest who can't speak. He's like huge, you know. Um, and in, in the movie, the doctor fixes Mabel's blindness. Um, uh, but then the freaks revolt and Rosenthal pulls a gun. This is almost exactly how the ending of Freaks is. Um, and they throw acid in Mabel's face, and so she becomes disfigured. And uh, the director talks about that when he saw that growing up, because he was a bit disfigured, and well, he still is. Like he got a surgery, but he still has like oh, a yeah. pretty bad clip. Um, and how like oh, so that's the punishment? Like you have to be like us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how that would affect him. Um, and yeah, this is where we we um uh, we go back. Uh, we go back to that weird zoom in and we see what the freaks did when um, they were out partying. And uh, this is where I, I, I was like, I really like this movie. Yeah. Um, this, uh, it was actually me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the first film that they show by the freaks is like, it's yeah, kind of like start your... filming a bunch of small shorts. Yeah. Basically. Uh, the first one is like your typical American, um, uh, I, I don't know. What, it's like a post-prom uh, scene where it's like a guy and a girl in a car and they're kind of like having a fight. Like yeah. Rose, Rosenthal and uh, a normal Oh, yeah. Uh, normal two, two nurses from the real hospital come over because they, they, they sort of want to see what's going on, want to yeah. see the freaks. And they join in on their short films. And yeah, it's like a couple having a couple fight in a car. Yeah, except honestly, Rosenthal's uh, like kind of arguments are like a little incelly like of yeah he's a bit of a dick yeah i i think the purpose of the scene is like we're supposed to almost imagine as if rosenthal doesn't look like that like it's yeah. supposed to be a typical like uh you love me like okay so the dialogue that that they're saying is is essentially like you're in love with me but you're not attracted to me mm -hmm. so i'm going to kill myself uh, yeah. like he's exaggerating <laughs> but He's like, I can't live with this. Like, I yeah. love you. You love me. But you can't be with me because you're not attractive. And the woman is like, yeah, that's how it is. And also, I want to go home and watch TV where there's, like, handsome men on it. Yeah. And he's like, you're uh, useless. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just like TV. Yeah. Uh, Pearson, I, I thought, is great as Rosenthal. I, I actually love him. Yeah. He, like, the, the stuff that he can do, yeah, I, just fantastic. Especially with 
yeah, having the like like we see in the one of the first scenes with him is he doesn't have the same sort of tools that a lot of actors have. He to work can't with. he can't move his face. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when when she says that kind of devastating line in that thing where it's like I love you but I'm not attracted to you, it's like yeah, we can feel it. We can yeah. Yeah. So uh, one more thing about this. This is a little bit of a tangent, but um this 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 scene to me was like kind of like a reimagination of a scene that we've seen in a bunch of different films. Like I love you but I can't be with you, mm-hmm. um things like that. But it's it's put at its extreme because Rosenthal is like He's like, yeah, you can't be with me because you're not attracted to me. But he is like, yeah, you, you, no one's attracted to Rosenthal. And he, yeah. he kind of acknowledges that. So it's kind of like, um, like, I, I, like kind of redefining uh, your typical American scene. Yeah. So. It's like, <laughs> yeah, especially since most of those movies, the ugly person is not ugly at all yeah it's always (laughs) like a girl with a ponytail or something (laughs) yeah Yeah. i I really like that scene so anyway the the tangent i wanted to get on is uh uh i I went to uh, la uh, for some wedding where and i met up with evan Mm -hmm. brown friend of the pod evan brown (laughs) (laughs) and we went to this uh exhibition at uh like the broad museum and it was by carrie james marshall who is a black artist and he and he He's one of my favorite artists, actually. Mm-hmm. And he just does a lot of paintings with, like, black people, but put in the typical, like, art setting. So it'd be, like, a reimagining of Girl with a Pearl Earring, except it's a black person. Mm-hmm. That's that's one example. There were many more that were, like, oh, this is, like, uh, your typical scene, yeah. but so completely reimagined. Right. Which I think the scene in Chain for Life was was a yeah. try, we're trying to do. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's good. Um yeah, and then they're also so they're filming shorts but they're also just hanging out and it's nice to see cuz throughout the movie they've been you know, they always have to be dealing with normal people who are treating them weird and so we don't really see their personalities a lot. So it's nice also just to see them all hanging out and this is probably the one of the funniest jokes for me in this where it's um a dwarf and the huge giant guy and they're just sitting on a bed talking you don't know what they're talking about and the tall guy's like you know cars airplanes um showers and and he's like what about you and the short guy's like well countertops yeah that's good yeah i thought that was hilarious um the big the big giant guy actually throughout the film is always quoting a poem yeah did you pick up on that yeah yeah uh in the movie and then outside of the movie or like in the b movie maybe it's just like practice his lines but again it's like everything blends together eventually so yeah, yeah. so that poem is ode to ode to a grecian urn nice do you know that one no i don't how's it uh going? john keats uh it I can't remember the lines, but I did read it once yeah. studying for Quiz Bowl. Um, it's essentially like uh, the the way to get to truth is through beauty. Like the oh. only thing that we can understand truly is through beauty. Oh. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure someone with a lit, lit background can explain <laughs> that a little bit better. But but yeah, I could definitely see how it ties into this film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, they're all at a, a campfire. This is probably my favorite of the the shorts um maybe because this one like the first one was seemed obviously was a short but this one it 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 does the the trick again where you think they're just talking but then Mm -hmm. someone eventually yells cut 
and they're talking about the nurses are talking about their job at the hospital and um they're saying how people get breast implants Mm -hmm. and how it's completely cosmetic but sometimes people die but you know yeah they risk their life to be beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah and but and the nurses are saying well you know in this world if a woman wants to feel confident then what's wrong with that Mm-hmm. And I, I like that about this movie where, like I said earlier, I, I sort of misspoke when I said obvious, but it's not like a black and white answer all the time. Like, just like that scene that we said in the car, it's like, obviously, Rosenthal is hard to find attractive for some people. And yep. it, um, so, yeah, and they they talk about how what one of them says, like, you know, yeah, my, my parents gave me surgery to me kind of more acceptable in life but i didn't i didn't choose that i didn't pick I didn't, that i didn't consent to it yeah i didn't consent to it my uh my parents just did that before i was even yeah old yeah, enough to know what's going they on like, they, were, they were just trying to help yeah they were trying to help you fit in yeah i think it always goes back to the questions like why can't they just fit in like yeah why do we have these standards of beauty why mm-hmm. why is this person like why is this scene that we just saw with rosenthal unimaginable like yeah. it's completely unimaginable mm-hmm. um and we also learned that Rosenthal uh, wanted to be wants to be a waiter, and earlier in the movie, Mabel says the same thing to Max. She said, "When I was young, I wanted to be a waiter," and it's kind of like uh, that's kind of a weird, lame dream. Yeah. Uh, but then it, it makes <laughs> it makes way more sense for Rosenthal, and it's almost, it's heartbreaking because he can't be a waiter. He couldn't be a waiter. Yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, like Max says when Mabel says it to him, Max is like, "Well, that's a very attainable dream." yeah um, <laughs> it's like yeah why don't you just go do that yeah but when rosenthal s- says it, it it really yeah it makes you empathize because it it's something that you've never thought about in your life where it's like oh my god yeah yeah like, you he just can't he can't do that you can't just walk up on people that, because that actually reminded me do you know that calvin hobbs comic uh where it's like hey hobbs if you could have like anything in the world what would it be Oh, and, yeah. and Hobbs is like a, a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> yeah, and Calvin's like so pissed. He's like, talk about a lack of imagination. <laughs> yeah. What about ro- I would, rocket I would boots? I a trillion billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's then, like, he storms off angry. Yeah. And of course, the last panel is like Hobbs being like, I got my wish. He's yeah, like, he's eating know. a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sick. Um, yeah, and then, um, then we cut to uh, they're filming the scene that we already saw earlier where someone throws acid in um, Mabel's face. But uh, this time it's uh, someone switched the, the vials. Yeah, Max turns to the camera and he's like, oh my God, real acid. Yeah, so someone on set switched the vials and the, the whole crew is horrified. And um, this scene is like... I would not say scene, but this segment is like maybe ten minutes or so. Yeah, it's long. You're yeah. you're not sure if this is real or another one of their stories that they made up. Yeah. So Mabel, uh, like, she's not on set anymore. She uh, is horribly disfigured by this real acid. She goes to the doctor. You know, she's she's got his regular checkups, and I thought I thought this was a funny scene too with the, the student <laughs> the doctor. Student, yeah. Like, um, as like, and she has increased her drinking to five glasses of wine yeah. a week. So we Uh-oh. might think that she has some uh, dependency issues. <laughs> yeah, just, and it's like uh, Mabel's lo- like is just like sitting there like like because, yeah. and again it points out how like in the uh, just another factor of being disfigured how. In the medical profession, people probably judge you as well for mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, why don't you? Yeah. Um, 
And there's a great scene of her. She's disfigured at the bar, at some random bar. And some guy comes up to her. It's like sort of hitting on her. That's probably the asshole, actually. Oh, yeah. That's probably the asshole. good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And she is not about it. She's like, she thinks that he's just there to make fun of her, which we don't know if he is. Um, Yeah, we don't. Because he's he's approaching her as if she were not, you know, covered in scars. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, that that would just be another thing that would affect you. You'd be like paranoid, like like the the classic, like is this girl like in school being nice to me just to laugh at me or yeah. something like that, <laughs> like the worst thing, <laughs> um, the complete opposite of what you were expecting. <laughs> yeah, and so but then we cut back and this is another one of the the fan- this is sort of someone at the campfire's idea for a movie that we like um, the stunt double of. Uh, yeah yeah uh wait so to wrap up that part though um it ends with she goes to the diner and oh yeah i forgot about that yeah so she goes to the diner and she's like really bummed and she's uh rosenthal is there and he's just a normal guy no he's a waiter he's a wait oh yes he's a waiter (laughs) so he achieved his dream but and he's just like you can you can fit in like all you have to do is like yeah they they uh, all the freaks surgery. are in the scene and they're all normal looking now yeah like yeah. the conjoint twins are like two individual cooks yeah Rosenthal's a completely different actor and I thought the lip lip, lip syncing was pretty good like <laughs> he kind of talked in the same chipper way that Rosenthal does which yeah. by the way I <laughs> yeah Rosenthal's got this English funny way of yeah like, he's very oh. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah uh, that's good yeah uh, almost like Mickey Mouse um yeah and then we get to um the sex scene uh which is rosenthal and um mabel um and right. again we're not quite sure what's going on because so prior, prior to the sex scene uh is mabel waking up so yeah all of this is like oh all i uh we don't know if what was happening was in her dream yeah. or if it was a vignette by uh, uh-huh. the freaks she just wakes up and we're moving on to the next scene in the real movie, yeah. which is and, the sex scene. But we also don't even know that because in the movie, everyone has a dumb German accent, but she doesn't have an accent in this scene. Um, she loses her... And yeah, that's called out. She's like... Yeah. The director's like... Or the... The assistant is yeah, like... Yeah, the script supervisor is like... Uh, she didn't have her accent for that one. Um, but it, it, yeah, this and the sex scene is like real and tender and... And it's just, it's shocking because you didn't think they're actually going to do it. Yeah, but they do it. So she like, I think she like actually makes out with him. Yeah, they make out. We see Titty. And Uh, and we see his dong. And we see his big dong. Uh, Respects to Adam. Um, And while the sex scene is happening, like the entire crew is watching. Yeah. And they're basically like, it's as if they're witnessing like the most beautiful thing in the world. They're all like, (laughs) the director is like, like we cannot redo that again i can't do more yeah i've done all that i can (laughs) yeah um but yeah it it also it has the like double entendre almost of like they're still watching it's still this weird freak show in a weird in a way Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah absolutely everyone is a like a a participant just staring at them yeah and another thing like same with us same with the audience (laughs) another thing to like go back on is like Again, this scene is completely unimaginable in real life. Like, yeah. um, even when someone is even mildly less attractive than someone, I'm, I'm like, look, look at mm-hmm. that. Like, I, yeah. 
like my my mother hates no she doesn't hate but she really doesn't like when harry met sally and i think it's a great romantic comedy but she's like he is not he's too ugly billy crystal's too ugly (laughs) (laughs) it's like but he's charming um but that's that's totally a thing though yeah that's uh, 100 percent uh luckily for guys it's usually that way around am i right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um um and then that this is sort of the where the b movie wraps up that's maybe the the last scene that that they film um and it's sort of like a snap back to reality in a way Mm -hmm. and um film is wrapping up people are going home yeah and they're like oh let me give you this anti-aging cream Mm -hmm. um and she even said they even say this weird line of dialogue like one of us uh, yeah yeah like part of the anti-aging club yeah um the normal people who have to care about their looks or whatever mm-hmm. and then meanwhile she looks out and she sees all the freaks getting on a big bus together yeah the <laughs> the, the funny bus leaving. yeah <laughs> the short funny bus leaving while she gets a limo so max comes in mm-hmm. again i don't know what to make of this scene i i think i get it it's uh i think it it's uh so well, let's, well, let's break it down so yeah the at first, it's the three of them, uh, all, the three leads, and then he Max asks the other female lead to leave if she could have a, a quick word with her, and he does this weird sort He's of... He's like, I loved working with you. Yeah, like creepy, douchey, hit on thing. And then he kisses her. And she... But she does... She consents. So like, she consents. She doesn't say verbally, but like she, she doesn't yeah. flinch away. She kisses him. And it's really odd because sh- the whole film, she's had great chemistry with Rosenthal. And horrible chemistry with this Yeah, and this douchebag. Yeah, uh, but, but they kiss again, anyways. So we go back to Rosenthal's scene where he's in the car post-prom. Uh, his partner is like, I love you and you love me, but I'm not attracted to you. I'd rather go home and watch TV where the attractive people are on. Yeah. And that's kind of like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she kisses the guy who she's not even into. Mean, and then she looks over and sees Rosenthal boarding the bus. Yeah, it's like, well, goodbye. Yeah, does th- yeah they don't even have a goodbye scene. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know, and and I'm glad that they did that because I don't. If if this movie ended with Mabel and Rosenthal, no, it would it, it would, would not. Yeah, it would. I mean, th- I, that movie would never go this direction yeah. because it's the it's the reality of mm-hmm. what life is like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hot people don't <laughs> yeah. don't go outside their circle, you know. Yeah. Um, and then she's in the limo driver. Uh, she gets in a in a limo, and the limo driver starts talking to her. And the the camera the whole time is just on her face. It's like the the Michael Clayton at the end of the. Um, it's just like locked on her face, and he is a very talkative limo driver. Um, he's Nigerian. Uh, I, and he's written a book, uh, about his escape from, uh, uh, from Nigeria. And there's a joke there where <laughs> he's like, oh, it doesn't translate well to English. I guess I would call it my struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's a math wizard. Like he, he can, he can straight up. I don't get this scene at all. Yeah. I, I, okay, good. Okay. Well, not good. I, I hope someone on this podcast could have, but yeah, I actually, I actually emailed the director. Um, I wasn't expecting a reply, but yeah. I emailed again, just being like, Hey, um, I rewatched your film again. You know, I always yeah. recommend your film to people. What's up with the last scene? Cause I don't yeah. really understand it. Yeah. Maybe we're a bit too smooth brained for the scene. Yeah. But th- there's a lot going on. Yeah. Like I said, he, he's, also, the Nigerian accent seems really fake as well, which is sort of... Okay, so, again, this 
one of the side plots is there's a murder, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they they avoid going down. She's like, why shouldn't we have turned left there? And uh, he's like, oh, there's a a dead man that way. The police have it all blocked off. Yeah, yeah. So that gets pulled in, but there's kind of a vibe. It's like maybe this is the guy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's not very certain. But his whole story is basically like. Yeah, it's about my struggle, and uh, I want to get a TV show going where mm-hmm. contestants answer math problems, and I'm going to pitch this, and he even mentions, like, President Trump. Yeah, I didn't like that. I feel like that dates your movie in a weird you way. You got to make them timeless like yeah. that. Yeah, for it's sure. like, say the President of the United States. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but also I don't know, but, but may- maybe, yeah, <laughs> but maybe we don't know. Maybe that's, like, integral, because we don't understand this scene. But yeah, it's very confusing. We never see the driver, and... He- there's also a really weird, uncomfortable, like, back taxi type of feel where uh, he's like, yeah, I, I, there's a camera right there. Um, so we also get that weird feeling that she's being filmed as well because the the camera... She is being a, filmed. He says... You, no, he says he hasn't done it. And it's oh, like, yeah, will yeah. you consent? Will, will you, you consent? consent? And, and he, he, like, repeats it a bunch. Yeah, it's, it's quite odd. Um, and then the movie's over and an amazing needle drop. Uh, Irma Thomas song. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I love that, dude! It's so a, it's, good. It's part of my playlist. Like, it's actually so good. It's a banger. Yeah, and it just like it makes it makes this movie even better at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like Ali. <laughs> yeah, Irma Thomas, great. Um, yeah, may, maybe one of the reasons I, I I he didn't respond to your email. He he in the interview that I read, he uh, he was describing some of the questions that he would get, and one of them was. Why did you make these films? Why did you even make this film? Why would you we want to see these people? Shouldn't they be locked up? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, and the whole audience just nodded along. Um, locked up. Yeah. Oh and, my and lord. He, he wouldn't even name the country, but he was like a like Western civilized country. But this is the the, <laughs> the, the question that he got. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah. Um. Any more notes for Chain for Life? uh no i think we went through the whole thing um yeah i think the last thing i i want to mention was irma thomas but you did that for me yeah so uh, good irma thomas coming from behind great song um and now we also like to ask guests do you have every any favorite or most hated movie cliches uh yeah i have one we've okay. actually talked about this before okay uh off the pod um and this is a very broad one but right. I consider it a cliche, and you, I, you did give me some pushback on this, so I'm interested to bring it up again. Okay. Um, I absolutely hate it when movies are like going forward, like everything's going great, mm-hmm. and 40 minutes in, and then like, of course, something bad happens. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. This is in a ton of movies, and this is the but problem. That's, because- that's not even just in a ton of movies. That's like what they teach you story structure is well that's a problem in my opinion because it it's predictable it's like yeah everything's great it's it's basically the rise and fall of whatever caesar you know yeah it's um but i mean story has conflict but again like you said like you said why it's a problem chain for life not really like that there's no big problem Uh, there's no rise and fall it's just sort of Exactly. So yeah. the movie just keeps going forward mm-hmm. or it turns left or it turns right, but it's always moving forward because my biggest problem is not only am I expecting it, yeah. but I know that it will 
I know whatever dumb problem, whatever spoke in the wheel happens, it will be resolved. Right. The two friends will get back together. <laughs> yeah. Like the fight that they had is meaningless. Yeah. And it happens. Well, sometimes no. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. Name me one film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll be and back. they never I mean, hung out again. Okay. That, that's hard for me to say I hate that because, yeah, that's like half of. More than half. I'm going to say that's 90% of all stories have, no, have a conflict no. and then it's resolved at I'm the end. I'm not talking about conflict. I'm talking about we're going forward and then it's a direct rewind. And then you continue on again. So, like, um, I think when I brought this up to you, we were talking about Magic Mike. Of, of, <laughs> I've never seen Magic Mike. So I know, but I, I just saw it and I was like, man, I, I hate it when this thing happens. And yeah, uh, it's basically like, yeah, they're making money. And then all of a sudden uh, they're not making money. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, it's very, very obvious. Uh, drug movies, you know, it's like they always get a bit too greedy, and yep. then someone fucks it up. But you know, I mean, a, a lot of the time, th- those movies are true stories, and that just fucking happens. You it, know, I, I guess so. If it's a true yeah. story, then you know, I, I can't really complain. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it's a, it's a really, it's just bad writing. Like, it, yeah, sometimes not though, bad writing. Sorry, lazy writing. Yeah, sometimes though. Um, I like when, for example, in noirs, like I almost know how a noir is going to go because there's just so many formulaic beats that a lot of noirs have to hit. Yep. And so it's like, how can you still make moves within that structure? But I, think, I get what you're saying. I, I think there are some genres, like I think noir is a great example where uh, structure to the genre is more, not more important, but very important. Like, yeah. In order to be a film noir, you need that sort of... You need certain key elements. Exactly. Uh, you need a hard-boiled cop <laughs> who hits women. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you need... Uh, man, whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's definitely one of... Uh, yeah. That's one, definitely one of my big ones. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll give one. I hate slash love when it's a sports movie usually, and there's like 10 seconds on the clock, but there's like 20 minutes of screen time or <laughs> somehow where it's like, how oh, is it still counting down? <laughs> like You've made so many moves. Um, but yeah. So I, th- I, I think one cliche, just like talking about clocks, uh, I think one cliche that's actually kind of like changed over like time is, let, let's say there's like a bomb going off. Mm-hmm. I think typically it's like the bomb stops at two seconds or one second. Yeah. But kind of lately, it's kind of stopping at all kinds of seconds. Like, <laughs> <laughs> i saw one movie 17. like the bomb stopped like with hours to go i was like that's kind of cool you want to get lunch like, <laughs> we got some time now and come back to it yeah so the reason i picked this movie chain for life is because actually my number one cliche was um just essentially stuff not not just fat people or ugly lack of ugly people in film was huge for me mm-hmm. um every film and everyone is like a complete babe yeah uh with the exception of like uh mike lee films which is awesome like have well, you seen mr they're turner british you know so <laughs> have you seen mr turner <laughs> you've seen the british office yeah some of the people in that movie are like real gross yeah <laughs> it's a period piece i get it yeah. but it's like you know other period pieces are like oh yeah it's anna taylor yeah. joy and she looks amazing and the boobs are like in the corset are like boing. <laughs> so it was kind of like this whole my my least favorite cliche was not just like fat people and ugly people, but it was also just like non basically non white people as well, like non attractive white people. Mm-hmm. Like 
I can't even. I can barely name uh, popular movies that aren't uh, like, what, what's the term for it? like teen movies? Yeah, there's a lot of like woke teen movies coming out yeah. where it's like leads of all colors. Mm-hmm. But the, Euphoria. All, yeah, but all those movies like kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's no like, like big, big movies, big good movies where it's like, uh, you know, an Asian guy and yeah. another Asian person or yeah, it's or a usually black person. yeah, it's usually like. Uh, commercials too it, it's always a mixed race couple mm-hmm. you know and it's like why can't it just be two black people like what's 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 wrong with that <laughs> yeah so all those kind of like uh all those kind of things and if it really is two me. black people the movie has to be about how they're black exactly right? yeah um so riz ahmed there's this thing called the riz ahmed test where uh it's it's kind of like the uh what's it called the bestel test that's yeah. about like women talking to each mm-hmm. other the riz ahmed test is if there are Muslim people in a movie, they're always they're talking about one of five things, and it's either being Muslim, terrorist attack, yeah. and like other stuff related to stereotypical. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, does your movie have Muslim people and not talk about these things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Riz Ahmed up for best actor. For yeah, not talking about terrorists. Yeah, I thought he was great. Maybe we'll do that on the pod. All yeah, right. I, I think you should. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. Um, uh, what's that show with uh? Aziz Ansari, Master of None. Yeah. Another thing that he says that I, I really like is um, they're like, yeah, one Indian guy. Yeah, we can we can do that. <laughs> yeah. Two Indian guys? <laughs> Never. Yeah. And, uh, that's um, so, that's like incredibly true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in uh, um, Silicon Valley, too. It's like in the pack of the four, like there's always four lame engineers <laughs> and one, one of those is an East Indian dude. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. For sure. All right, well, that's Chain for Life. Thanks very much, Julian, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, come back.